My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. How's it going? This is Steve from the Lost in Translation podcast here with the boys, Travis, Sean, and Sean. How's it going, guys? Good, good, good. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Just an enthusiastic <laughs> bunch I'm here with today. That's um, that's great. We're going to talk about whiskey. That's pretty weird, hey? Um, we're uh, today. Today we're going to get into some get into some blends. We're going to try some new. They're all newer blends on the market, right? Yeah, I think yes. the the, one, yeah, the one, one coming the oldest one came out in the spring, I think. In the spring, that's yeah, that's the old Perth. But we're gonna get into four blends because we feel that blends needs they need to get more love. Am I right in saying that? Honey blends have a lot to offer. Um, well, it's strange because blends were what whiskey was for the longest time. Their single malts weren't a thing, and then it morphed, and now. You know, to some people, single malt is the be all end all. That should so. be the that should be the motto for the blends market. Blends were what whiskey was. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Make blends great uh, again. <laughs> yeah, were what whiskey was. There's a lot of W words in there. It's a tongue twister, but it works. It works. Um, uh, I don't know. Is there anything you guys want to get into before we un- uncork these uh, whiskeys? Anything new and exciting going on or? Or what? What's up? What's up, boys? Let's get excited, okay? Because we're all, you all, I, I feel like the dark cloud is like standing over. The dark cloud is heavy in this room over here with two Sean's today. It's just weighing on me. It's because it's getting comfortable back there in that cozy chair. Doing a blend episode for our first review episode with the new team, which this is our first review episode with the new team. Uh, and I think doing a blend episode is fantastic. I, I created and built my love of blends uh, based on one of the brands we're going to try and sample through here today. And then Josh really got me on the famous grouse path and I've been collecting some of those. So the whole, the whole idea of blends is, is something that I'm pretty passionate about. So I'm looking forward to tasting these and talking about them and nerding out with you nerds. Yeah. I know like in our inner circle, like our close friends and stuff, blends are an everyday thing for us especially with like you said like that you know the old purse stuff that came out before like the, the 23 24 blend that's still one of my top five whiskeys of all time bar none and you know i i have a full bottle of the 23 sitting there and like a heel that i'm trying to like i gotta drink it soon because it's dropping down in level but yeah i blends ever since i got into whiskey you know uh, same thing you know I'm fairly new to whiskey compared to some people and blends are always like, Oh, Johnny Walker, stay away from them. It's whatever. It's just the garbage that they put together. But then when you actually dig into it and blends are some of the best whiskeys out there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's like whiskey creators, like creating a lot of these blends are like, they're, they get to work with this like blank canvas. They get to just basically create something from scratch essentially so you really start to like i I don't know i think a master blender's job is one of the more interesting jobs in the industry i think it would be really really cool to be that to be that position with a brand or a distillery 
Yeah, I agree. I think, well, we just had obviously Breezebaugh on and when we asked him about what he would make as his favorite, as if he had a dream distillery and he said, I would, I would make blends. I think blends are coming back and, and he obviously chose the single cast nation blended malt for his first release. So, I mean, yeah. it's pretty topical. We just had Breezebaugh on and now we're talking about uh, blends that we're all passionate about. So let's, I don't know. How does yeah. this work, Steve? Do we just say let's let's do this and start drinking? This? <laughs> yeah, we just get into it eventually. We did, we talk our way into it. Um, blends also kind of offer that versatility and that they, like they can appeal to all types of drinkers, which I think is what makes them important. I think they're they're probably the best whiskey to recommend to people to get into whiskey as well when it comes like with newcomers and stuff. Um, Sean mentioned the Old Per Twenty Three Twenty Four. I just wanted to. Because every time we talk about it, I get it. I picture Sean. We went to take pictures for Old Perth. I don't know if you remember those, Travis. Oh, uh, yeah. A couple of years ago. <laughs> and we're like sitting on Abraham Lake. And Sean's sitting with both Old Perth 23 and Old Perth 24. And he's like holding them for a picture. And I'm standing about, I don't know, 12 feet away. And no rely, the ice starts popping and cracking all around Sean. And he's just squealing like a little girl in the middle of it, holding onto the whiskey, being like, if I go down, I'm saving the whiskey. The very first pour out of the 24, the very first drops of the first 24 opened in Alberta, ended up on Abraham Lake ice, not in the glass. <laughs> Okay. Now the water probably got so excited. That's why the ice started popping around <laughs> underneath you. All right, let's uh, let's get into these bad boys. What do you want to start with? Do you want to do uh, Do you want to do the compass box first? Yeah, I already poured it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, when you uh, when you gave me the sample, I tried to nose it out of the sample bottle, and it was a little muted, and I was a little afraid. Now it's just jumping out of the glass at me. The nose is just beautiful on this one. Another thing, while you guys are sniffing it, um, like even blends, like you can go from super budget blends all the way up to super crazy expensive blends. It's like the whole category itself. Like I said, you can re recommend it to people, but it's also there for the super nerdy enthusiasts as well. Totally, but I think I think the biggest draw of blends for me when I think of blends is quality and uh, for like for what you're getting, quality and price. You, you can get a really nice whiskey for a lower price as a blend. And that's just sort of the way I've always looked at blends is obviously there's the high end ones. But when I think of blends, I think of like this orchard house, it's a $70 bottle. Anybody can, can buy that. Maybe not anybody, but you know what I mean? And, and that it gives you a, a higher level of whiskey for less price. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, it's, and it exists in the market. It's not like you can't find it also you know like some of the other even some of the other compass box releases people get stoked on them and they're gone right away but yeah like this one right now everywhere this one's everywhere and maybe after this it'll get snatched up also i think they're more valuable than than the limited releases because there's more people drinking these than they are the limited and it's they're the more attainable the better value they're what people drink every day like these are the kind of whiskeys that people should be talking about Totally. And I think Compass Box, I mean, I'm. we just hosted John Glazer. I, I'm a huge fan of Compass Box, but I think the best Compass Box values and the best whiskeys are these sub $100 Compass Box blends. Yeah. You know, I tell people, go get a bottle of Great King Street and put that on your shelf as just a nice daily whiskey. 
Orchard House might fall into that category soon. It's a core range edition. Um, and for the price, I know we can start talking about what we're getting, but I would probably keep this on my shelf. Yeah, like so the great, great King Street. That's the peated one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the Glasgow. Yeah. Anyways. The Glasgow blend. Yeah. yeah. So, But that one's like, the- when people ask me for like, give me something to like, they want to venture into peat, but they don't want to jump into an art bag. That's the one I'll point them to is that Glasgow blend because it's sherried, it's sweet, but it has that peat in it as well, and it's affordable. So if they don't like peat at all after trying it, it's not like they have a $150 bottle that they don't know what to do with. Absolutely. Yeah, so the the makeup, we can talk about the makeup of this before we get into it if you want. But we've got got an eight-year Ben Rennes first fill bourbon barrel, which is 20% of this whiskey a linkwood first fill bourbon barrel eight years well which is 39 percent a klein leash first first fill bourbon barrel another eight year and that's 29 percent uh we have a revatted oloroso sherry seasoned butt um distillery near the town of abelur <laughs> however you want to <laughs> translate that that's eight percent uh we got a highland malt blend which they typically sometimes they'll mix old blends into their new blends kind of thing because just because they like the character and the profile uh that one's from a french oak barrel a heavy toasted barrel and that's just two percent and then you got a little bit of coila first bourbon barrel at two percent as well so the, the the greatest makeup of the blend being linkwood and I find Linkwood to be a bit of an underrated distillery, and the best Linkwoods I've had have been first fill bourbon Linkwoods because of this juicy kind of freshness that I get from them. I would echo that statement. I just recently had a Linkwood 10-year from the Single Malts of Scotland uh, independent bottler, and that's it was very much it's like super fresh, a little floral. It was delicious. They definitely name this properly based on the nose. It mm-hmm. is like standing in an orchard in the summer. Yeah. And They're it's... usually spot on though. Yeah. Like Compass, Compass Box calls their, their product out almost perfectly usually when it comes to the name. You should note too, this is a blended malt, not a blended scotch. So it's 100% malted barley. On the nose, like when I posted this on Instagram, it was one of my... And I don't get the kind of views that you get, Steve. But for me, it was one of my most popular recent posts. And I think it's just because people love Compass Box. But uh, my notes are, were like lychee and and lots of green, like apple Jolly Ranchers or something along those lines. Yeah, it's almost to that fake apple taste. But on the nose, like it's so just apples. Like it's jumping out, maybe a little bit of pear as well. Yeah, I get that pear. Yeah, pear, pear and apple and kind of all those orchard-like fruits, really, I think. Um, I do get a lot of grassy, like fresh-cut grass to, to it as well. I don't know if you guys do. Or like um, a bit of floral. Yeah, floral for sure. That grassiness. I've had Kleinleash from, I'm pretty sure it was a bourbon barrel as well. And I found the grassy note off the Kleinleash as well interesting it's weird that you can like 
based on experience of what you've drank before, you can pick out, <laughs> oh, yeah, I can taste the Klein leash in this, whether or not it, that's what you're tasting. Well, well we've, we've been preaching uh, bourbon casks lately, obviously, with the, the latest single cast nation releases and just talk, talking about how good. And this is this is exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about bourbon cask whiskeys. And this is clearly first fill bourbon uh, majority. I mean, that juiciness, that freshness. But this is what a good bourbon matured whiskey can do. Obviously, there's some sherry cask stuff in there, but I don't know if we told them bottled at 46%. The uh, he, a lot of people aren't aware of this. John Glazer isn't the lead whiskey guy either at no. Compass Box anymore. And it says on their spec sheet here, um, James Saxon is the lead whiskey maker, maker there. Uh, John Glazer's taken on more of just a sort of a leadership role, more of a face of the brand kind of thing, but he's not doing the blending um, anymore. So, no, and they well, yeah, they've started putting right on the bottle. Yeah. Right, that John Saxon is. Elite. I also like that they're on the back labels. They're actually putting the composition of of their whiskeys and more. Like they're getting even more transparent than they were, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they're still not allowed to put the ages, and they're not allowed to advertise yeah. the ages. But if you uh, know the right people to ask, you you can find out the ages. And I like to see the ages, and I'm happy that they're proud to tell us that this is mostly an eight year old whiskey uh, for seventy bucks for what it is. I'm holding the menagerie. How do you how do you say that? Menagerie. Yeah. Menagerie. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do this one in an, in another oh, podcast. Yeah. But... I'm just holding think... the Tobias and Angel over here in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> you want to pour our samples of that? Yeah, yeah. I'll get right on it. <laughs> Anything on the palate popping for anybody? I get honestly. I'm... I'm, I'm getting a little bit of uh, like I'm trying to find something more unique than just like saying Apple. oh it's a little floral and a little sweet and a little fruity but I'm getting like a tad of that like Saint Germain's elderflower like liqueur like taste. I get like uh, an interesting. It almost feels like two tone to me. Like the basis is kind of thin, which I would expect at like forty six percent, but then there's this like almost a peppery note kind of popping in the middle and then fading away pretty fast but i like that there's more than one element to the mouth feel and the palate for me i was just gonna say like it's and it's not like black pepper it's kind of like white pepper yeah. like a fresher pepper and just bites the tongue a little bit which i like yeah that's a good way to put it, like fresh because it's super fresh and so that fresh pepper yeah yeah i like that here's an obscure one for you just because it just popped into my head when I took my last sip. Marzipan? Cucumber peel. Oh, oh, I get that. I can totally see that. Where you get that, you get that like fresh nature of the cucumber, but a little bit of bitter almost yeah. to it from the peel kind of thing. Of course, now That's that you say that, I'm all into cucumber. Power of suggestion. Yeah. yeah. I'm tasting cat shit. How about you guys? <laughs> Oh, there oh my God! Catch it! Catch it! Tastes so good. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, spec sheet on uh, Compass Box website, uh, they have a serving recommendations section. It yeah. says vibrant when neat, syrupy when enjoyed on the rocks, but also enjoyed as a boiler maker alongside a crisp pale ale or pilsner. 
Okay, we already got Boilermaker wrong on this episode once. (laughs) And people call us out for it all the time. All the time, yeah. So a Boilermaker, clearly, we all know now, is when you mix Orchard House with a Pilsner. Yeah. (laughs) That's a nice whiskey, gents. Yeah, I I really like it. Buy that bottle again. How how much, Travis? How much you pay for it? I think it was like 70, 75 bucks. That's a steal, honestly. Like all that, that whole range, like you said, like the Oak Cross, the Spaniard, this, um, and then you would get down to the King Street stuff and like this. You can't go wrong. Like you really can't. Even the the muse, or sorry, not the muse, hedonism. the hedonism for like ninety five bucks mm-hmm. is a steal of a deal in my eyes. Hedonism has got to be, I think, the, one of the only blended grain. What would you call that yeah, category? It's a, it's a blended grain. I think it's, it's advertised as yeah, that. It's a blended grain. Yeah. Yeah, which is just it's a, it's almost like in a world of its own. Um, I tell anyone that is getting into whiskey, I say, if you want to try some grain whiskeys, a good starting point would be hedonism. So, yeah, another good one from Compass Box, in my opinion. I tell people just to get canvas if they want to try grain. <laughs> yeah, just we might have to do a grain episode the way Sean's deep diving into grains these days. <laughs> we can do a canvas episode, I'm pretty sure. But I, it, well, speaking that of that, means you're gonna have to crack all your fancy ass canvases. So, I don't think you want us to do that. Whiskey's there to drink, boys. I'm open to cracking all of Sean's <laughs> fancy canvases. You're open to cracking Sean's canvas? Yep. <laughs> it's weird because I keep seeing, like, I bought this bottle randomly on a dusty shopping spree last year. It's a 12-year, I think a 12-year, Gervin, but it's in an octaves cask. So I'm like, I keep looking at it, and I haven't I haven't opened it yet. But I I You brought it one day. We were going to open it for a podcast, I think, and we never did. Yeah, it's still sealed. Still out. We'll get to it eventually. Let's get on to the next one. This is the obviously one one that we're uh, excited about because it's not on the market yet, and it's it's the winner of the day for sure. This is obviously (laughs) the best whiskey today. The uh, haven't even had it yet. It's because it's Irish. (laughs) (laughs) We got it out of the bottle, obviously. The two stacks first cut. Um, which is just uh, essentially dram in a can, but in a bottle, uh, bottled at 43%. So this is dram in a can, but in the bottle version. Um, but this will be, when When do we figure it'll be early December, I guess, eh? Yeah, I'd say first week of December. So for anyone wondering what dram in a can is going to taste like, this is this is the blend right here. And Sean, you've, you've had a few experiences with this one now, right? Yeah, um, obviously the dram in a can uh, with the Irish tasting, we gave it away and lots of people got it. Um, And then obviously when you guys were speaking with two stacks at the beginning, they sent out samples. Steve shoved them in my face and said, try this. So I've had it a few times. I love it. It's just just as fragrant on the nose, but a completely different profile than the orchard. And also going to be cheaper too, I think. What's a bottle of this going to go for, Steve? Uh, it'll be in like the $60 range. Yeah, so affordable bottle that you can have on your shelf. And like the dram, dram in a can will be around $25 for the a four pack, four pack yeah. I think. That's so. super reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sells for. Like even down in the States, it sells for 20, between 20 and 25 bucks American. So 
we're uh yeah it's i think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun because it's like places like wine beyond are gonna sell it per like a single can so you're gonna be able to just kind of grab a can on your way out it's a grab and go whiskey it's a whiskey that you'll put in your golf bag it's gonna be a whiskey that you'll put in your in stockings for for people it's going to be on the ski hill it's going to be like that that it's perfect for that stuff yeah so. break it out on the toboggan hills while the kids are sledding well it would look better than me just holding a bottle of jim beam while <laughs> tobogganing with my daughter it, it looks way less conspicuous than opening a hip flask while your kids are sledding on the hill <laughs> yeah I am going to be buying cans of this for my kids to leave out for Santa Claus. That's that's my plan, and I think yeah. Santa will appreciate it. Santa will love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a new tradition. New Santa, tradition. Santa will fall up the chimney, going <laughs> banging his head the whole way. We go we go for walks around the neighborhood, like family walks. I usually have a beer in my hand, right? But it's usually a tall can, so it just looks like I'm walking around drinking in the neighborhood, but. I'm, like the the tiny little drum in a cans, you can't even see them in your hands, so it'll be perfect. <laughs> so while we're nosing this and getting into it, do you guys want to want to go over the makeup of this blend? Uh, yeah. So it's a 40 percent dark grain whiskey, aged in virgin oak cask. I remember when we got those bimber samples? The the virgin oak was actually darker than the bourbon, yeah. Yeah. which for whatever reason, which makes sense because they call the light grain component of this blend a bourbon cask aged Irish whiskey right and that's another 40 percent uh they have an eight percent pot still in here aged in Oloroso sherry butts which pot still whiskeys are typically soft and characteristic which is going to add some nice soft character plus Oloroso is going to add a little bit of fruitiness to it um and then they've got 10 percent double malt uh aged in a bourbon cask um and two percent peated malt aged in bourbon cast as well so obviously they're going they they're going they have a wide spectrum they're going for versatility in whiskey they're going for good in a cocktail good in the glass appeals to all types of drinkers that kind of thing it has just has a, it has a ton to offer honestly and it's super drinkable abv is 43 percent you find usually with these bottles in that, and I'm thinking of like the Deanston Virgin Oak, like bottles in that 50 to 60, $65 range. There's usually an aspect of the whiskey that shines. It's either like the nose, the finish, or the palate. But usually at that price range, it's not the whole whiskey isn't going to blow you away. For this one, I find the palate for me is the star of the show. I love the palate on this one. It, it, to me, the nose is subdued. It's not offensive. It's but it doesn't blow you away. It's it's good. But the palate on this for me is the star. Yeah, I totally agree about that nose. It's it's good, but it's nothing to write home about. Like it to me, it noses like an Irish blend. Mm-hmm. And then when you taste it, it tastes like so far above what you're used to, especially based on that nose. Yeah. Do you? I wonder if that's by a little bit. I don't want to say by design, but a lot of people are going to be drinking this right out of a can. <laughs> so really, I mean, the nose isn't going to be picking. You're not going to be nosing that, much <laughs> that can. You're going so, to cut your nose up, sticking it in the mouth of the can. 
Yeah, I wonder if almost by design, they're like, the nose isn't the most important part of it. It's when people are drinking this out of a can, on a chairlift, hiking in the backcountry, it's the palate. They just want to drink it. It's There's nothing offensive, nothing that, you know, it's just, it's just a nice drinking whiskey. Like you said, Sean, an Irish blend as it should be. But if you're serving something that's not crushable in a can, then you're not, you're not doing it right. Yeah, Everything in a can point. needs to be like drinkable instantly. But it's get... not, it's not what I would expect from a, a can because there's, there's a lot of character on that palate. And I feel like every time you go back, you can pick something else out, right? You think about the, the composition and you can pick out those, those bourbon cask notes. You can pick out those virgin cask notes and then there's that malted character and maybe if you really dig deep because there is that little bit of peat in there it adds some earthiness to it i wouldn't say it's smoky or peaty really but yeah earthy for sure yeah but a lot of like the vanilla butterscotch like a floral like a lot of i don't know very standard characteristics i think on on the palate but just a good composition yeah a little bit of that um oh i always forget what it's called it's like sugar cookie almost sugar cookie yeah like just the sweetness comes across as like a baked sweetness more than like a candy sweetness or anything like that oh, okay okay yeah treacle you find any treacle in there uh, <laughs> maybe a little nutty maybe some marzipan <laughs> this is this is when we get into uh when we talk about biased opinions obviously when we're talking about this brand it's hard we're not going to say it but i truly am drinking this i haven't had this too many times and i i'm really looking forward to people trying this and getting a bottle and for the price point it's a bottle you can keep on your shelf i really you know well i know from the people that got it as part of their tasting pack for the irish tasting um the feedback i got from people that tasted it was that they can't wait for it and when i told them that you could buy the same thing in a bottle and have it on your shelf they're like oh really i was like yeah it's the exact same whiskey as the can you can just buy it in bottle form so it's already building some buzz across the country which is awesome yeah we have like Eight thousand cans coming, so let's try and get them to pick the can up first. Seventy-five hundred of them can be found in Spruce Grove, Alberta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's get into yeah. Let's get into some whiskey news for sure. Um, what's making the headlines, Travis? You have one. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Heroin, sex. Machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. 40% of Chicago's substitute teachers can't read or write. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? Weather be to blame for that weird metallic taste in your mouth. I sure hope so. Here's what's making news. The White House Reception Committee greeted the Prime Ribrose Minister and 
And I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. In other news... Yeah, when I I know listening to the podcast when I wasn't a host, you would just type in whiskey news into your Google search. Yeah, we would Google it, but yeah. well, we, I did we, that. Did, <laughs> did yeah, you I did really? it? <laughs> and it, not as much news comes up as I was hoping for. No, but. it sucked actually because it mainly just <laughs> brought up, and especially now you take whiskey news into there, and it's like seven best whiskeys for Christmas and like all those <laughs> lame articles kind of thing. Um, yeah, but, but go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to take it. <laughs> uh, one, one of the things that did pop up was a uh, picture of a man taking a Valinch out of a cask, and it was about Ardenaho Distillery on Isla, and talking about how they just their whiskey just hit three years of age. Um, obviously, there'll be mixed feelings about this uh, for Isla lovers. Uh, Ardenaho is, is I, w- I don't even want to call it a Jim McEwen distillery because I think he kind of came on later in the process. I'm not quite sure. I feel like a lot of people just tie their name to Jim and then Jim sort of goes and does his own thing. So I'm not quite sure his level of involvement, but um, it's another distillery in Isla. I think there's nine, eight or nine there now. This will be nine, I think. Nine. It's apparently beautiful sites. Um He's using worm tubs, which which makes me happy as a worm tub nerd. Um, but I don't know if they're going to bottle this stuff at three years. I know I would prefer they probably wait till the whiskey's ready, but I'm sure they're going to want to try and make some money. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's everyone's thoughts on Ardenaho hitting three years? Well, I'll, I'll step in first. Um, obviously, with Jim McEwen being tied to it, I did watch a lot of the stuff when they were first, you know, in the first stuff came off the stills and um they did a big ribbon cutting ceremony and stuff and yeah it looks gorgeous like it overlooks jura in the the paps of jura in the background and stuff um i'm worried as a whiskey nerd that having jim McEwen tied to it automatically will skyrocket the price um yeah, that's natural though. that's yeah but just because you have a name uh behind a distillery doesn't mean that the prices need to jack way up like well, be... i don't think you need to cough glenalki you needed to cough billy walker <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but you know like yeah. having him behind it it's gonna help them sell whatever they produce and whatever they bottle like you For said sure. travis if it's ready yeah by all means Will we ever see it here? Doubtful. Not for the first releases. We hardly ever see the first releases from new distilleries, but the ones we do see, especially lately, uh, maybe I'm going to a bit of a malt grinding. Wait, should we air the should we air the intro before you get going or what? Yeah, air it, air it, Sean. Well, I've never been one for meeting new people or doing new things or eating new types of food. I've had the same haircut since 1978, and I've driven the same car since 1991. I've used the same wooden comb for three decades. I have one bowl. I still get my milk delivered by horse. Are you going to tell a man that he can't fart in his own car? I don't want to seem overdramatic, 
but I don't really care what happens here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna stay angry. I find that relaxes me. This is my hell. <laughs> All right, now that that's out of the way. I'm putting on my dark. Did we just did we just play the news intro and then the malt grinding intro within? Yeah. We're mixing shit. This is a combo session. Yeah, combo episode. So you you guys will learn quickly that Sean can't control his feelings much when he puts a mic in front of him. So, <laughs> but so as a Canadian, we we will shit on Canadian brands for releasing young whiskey because we think it's not ready but they're you know they have to make money which fair enough they do um but then all the stuff from scotland and england and all these new distilleries they do it and people lap it up as if they're they need to because it's a new distillery and if the quality is there, the quality is there. But the pricing should not be automatically $150 Canadian because it's, you know, made in the this church that they found distilling equipment from 7,000 years ago in it. Like, that, that, that doesn't have any effect in the taste of what they're doing now. And they shouldn't be selling a story to price it. Have I had good three, four-year-old whiskey? Yeah, of course I have. Have I had terrible three or four-year-old whiskey? Yeah, of course. But I'm going to feel a lot better if it's not $200 Canadian a bottle for three-and-a-half-year-old whiskey when other three-and-a-half-year-old whiskey that is coming out and way better is at $70 or $80. If I pick up dusty old churches in the Ardenaho nose, you're going to eat your words. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite tasting note. Dusty old churches. That's dusty old churches. Yeah. Can't beat that tasting note. <laughs> but you, you are right for sure, and it's like yeah, it, you gotta you gotta paint all new distilleries with the same brush. You can't shit on these little Canadian distilleries if you're not gonna give the same sort of attention to to the to the Scotch distilleries or American distilleries. And honestly, if you want to. If you want to give anyone props, give the American craft distilleries the most props because they're the one releasing newer whiskey for the cheapest out of anybody in the world. Honestly, they're they're new three, four year old stuffs coming in between sixty and ninety dollars, or at least what we've seen in our brand portfolio compared to the rest of the country. But and, and Scotland's guilty of it more than Canada is. Oh yeah, exactly, and. Like it, it almost turns me away from these new distilleries. You, you hear about them when they first start up, first running whiskey off the stills or spirit off the stills, and it gets you excited. You're like, okay, sweet, something new. And then when it, ta- it comes time for them to release something, and you're like, why am I paying $120 for this? It has no bearing in the market before. And just because it's new, we're supposed to fork out for it. Like, give me something that I can, you know, dip my toe in and not feel like I wasted a bunch of money if I don't like it. I'm not saying I waste my money when, you know, a lot of the stuff is decent, but there are some distilleries that are brand new and releasing their first batches and they still come in at a decent price point. I'm way more willing to go drop 70 bucks on a bottle from 1770, the Glasgow distillery than I am on, you know, something that could be cool, could not be cool, could be good, could not be good at $150 from a distillery further north in Scotland. 
Are you? Is this where we say we want you to name names, Sean? I feel like you're hinting at a release, but you're not telling us the name. That may may be true. <laughs> well, we, a couple of don't us be, bought, don't be shy now. <laughs> a couple it's of us therapy the, coming uh, up. A couple of us just bought the Isle of Rase. I don't know how you say it. Rase, Rase, uh, from the Isle of Hair uh, for uh, I don't know what was it, hundred bucks, ninety five bucks. Yeah, mine was ninety two or something. So why why did we? I bought it because I love first. I have a tasting coming up down the road of first releases. I think it's cool to see what a distillery puts out. Would I rather pay seventy bucks for it? One hundred percent. I just I don't know. I think it's becoming the norm that these new releases from these new distilleries are going to be 90 to 100 bucks. Two Brewers has been $100 bottles since the get-go, but the thing about Two Brewers is their prices have just stayed $100. So the question is, is the next Razé release going to be 115 and then 130 or are they going to try and, uh, you know, for me, every purchase, you make that decision. Razé for me, I bought it because it was for new um will i keep buying it release two three and four probably not if the prices go up and that's the other side of it is that like they're they're kind of they're calling out saying hey support us while we're young and and getting established that's why our bottles being right young distilleries that's why they cost a certain amount but you're right it's like okay if you're going to preach that and you're going to call out for support at this point in time well then when the volume upticks and you start having more releases and and the revenue starts pouring in are you just going to keep are you going to keep gouging and asking for that support or are you going to level level that that playing field um now that you're now that you're making the money that you're looking for at the beginning right yeah i think it'll depend on what's in the bottle too right like we haven't tried it yet or i haven't tried it yet um you know and Maybe it is just a fantastic young whiskey worth ninety-five to $100. But they're also testing out the market like, hey, what can we get for our products? Sure. If this launch is not successful at this price point, then they're going to have to launch at a lower price point more than likely. Or Absolutely. if it is successful, which I think it has been because I've seen it come and go on some shelves already. Um, but that might just be new new product type but you know if it remains successful then that price point's likely to go up their branding's pretty slick too like it the is bottle it everything is like really it's it's an eye it's it's an eye grabber that's for sure so they they know what they're doing they're and i have no doubt that the whiskey's in it's good and we're, we're we're gonna taste it on a on a podcast coming up next week so we'll uh we'll get down into rassi when the time comes but i hear i hear you sean right it's it's you you're just looking for a little give and take from consumer to to distillery almost in the sense that like you see a five-year-old art american going for two hundred dollars so like what what gives right sean or steve just named she he just named it i know that was it sean had that <laughs> name in his mind Steve I knew it was on his mind. I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say it. I, I do. I enjoy our American stuff, and their their regular bottling is, or same around the same price, hundred bucks, whatever. They always have been, and they they're creating some really cool stuff. Um, but if you're going to be upset at Eau Claire or 
to brewers or somebody like that for putting for putting craft whiskey out in the market for a hundred dollars well then you get like right you gotta have the same judgment on on the scottish distilleries doing the same thing as far as i'm concerned the market's already been established as such so either support them or don't and if you're not happy with it then then whatever right like they're they'll they'll have their supporters it kind of ties in with the ardenaho and Brooklady and all that with Waterford that's what I hear with everybody that talks about Waterford it's like yeah but it's only three three and a half year old whiskey why am I paying a hundred bucks for it but those exact same people are reaching across to the scotch aisle and buying three or four year old whiskey from new scotch distillers because it's Scottish and like with Waterford they they're clear with what they're doing they are releasing a ton of bottles they're all exactly the same price and yeah and i have we all have a buddy that's trying to collect every single one that comes into our market but i'm like why like you're gonna spend you're gonna spend all your money on waterford which hey if you want to do it cool but he likes he likes it right but the thing is is like this year alone 2021 they had slated 79 unique releases coming out of that (laughs) distillery and we'll see That's what a bit much in a year and a half we've seen seven or eight reach alberta so yeah, like you're never going to collect them all it's not pokemon you're not going to be able to collect them all <laughs> and That's but, going... <laughs> but you know That's it's the advertisement for this show it's not pokemon, not pokemon. <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like like people shit on them for the price points of a hundred dollars a bottle but you can pick up two of them for 200 bucks they're gonna last you a long time they're bottled at 50 percent. you know they click all the boxes that people are looking for but because it's from ireland people shit on them but the yeah. same those same people are buying that are an american or uh lindor's abbey or whatever and like praising it to the heavens but it, you know they're paying the same price for the same age whiskey yeah we're gonna see a new we're gonna see a new distillery come into our market right away that's got young whiskey and it's gonna have a, a high price point on it too and that's bimber right travis yeah. so we're gonna be we're gonna be dealing with it a little bit from our perspective and it's you're just gonna preach the the same thing you gotta you gotta talk about what they what they stand for and and why what separates them from from the next craft distillery but it's all about, like I said, it's all about supporting them when they're young, and hopefully they support the consumer when they're but when they're old. They're I from think. England; they're not from Scotland, so people won't buy it for that price. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think they, I think they'll pay more. That's why we're gonna we're jacking Mark up on like 100 percent on that shit. No, but I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys honored me and let me taste through that first set of samples. Our business motto is gouge the consumer. Yeah, exactly. Every day we. Yeah, we're like with like the Walmart team at, at Walmart when they like shout out their motto. Me and Travis Zoom call every morning, gouge the consumer, gouge the consumer. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like you gotta you gotta judge it by the taste. And I was lucky enough that you guys let me taste through the Bimber stuff that they sent and yeah. It's quality. It's it, quality. It is quality spirit. And for three, four year old stuff, like I was shocked at what they're getting out of their whiskey and even the story behind it, you know, the crazy yeah, we guy and all his we crazy ideas. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't care if it wasn't quality. Um, I've forgotten what whiskey you're drinking because we got off. We spiraled out of control there. We're, so. uh, we're moving on, on to the track. old, old Perth. Oh, we're going old Perth next. So this, Travis, you know something about this one? Uh, so this was in the launch plans um, when I was when I was with the company and stuff, and the not a lot of details in terms of the background of where the distilleries, where the casts are from. It's a blended malt, 100% uh, matured in sherry casks, and um, that's about all the information I have. And I'm, I I've heard they're pretty tight-lipped with the distilleries, which is fair. There's not going to be different batch numbers on these, so they're hoping to keep it extremely consistent, um, which I think they have enough casks there to do. So this is only my second time diving into this the Old Perth revamped Old Perth. I think that's a mistake, not doing batch numbers. I think you, right, you, you have the opportunity to almost treat a regular release like a limited release and give people a reason to want to buy batch to batch to batch when now it's just like that's eh, all the same i don't have to buy it now i'll buy it whatever six months from now next year i'll get around to it kind of thing right like it it removes the urgency when you take details like that off off the release and off the ball i think that's a yeah, I think that's a poor business decision. Yeah, honestly, it takes away like the opportunity for us to sit around and pick them apart. Like, what's the difference between batch one and three? And you know, like the the nerd folk like us, you know, who would do that and who are going to collect batch numbers and whatnot. I think there's there's uh, two ways to look at it, and I, I've spoke with them uh, a little bit about it because I asked this very question and I said are you going to do batches? And they said, no. And I said, Oh, well, there'll at least be like a date stamp on the bottle. So the real whiskey nerds can find out which batch it was from. And they said, no, um, I think they, that from the perspective of, of Morrison distillers, they are looking at this as a blend for just to always be on the shelf at a liquor store that you can grab whenever you want. I don't think they want people looking at batch one verse three. I think they just want this to be a whiskey. You pick up, you bring it home. You drink it, you don't think about all yeah. that stuff. As whiskey nerds, we are a different market, and we always have to acknowledge we're a different market um, in the sense that we want all that, but a high percentage of whiskey drinkers don't want all of what we're talking about. For sure, but they're taking away an aspect that the bulk of their clientele, I bet you in most markets, um, appreciate and right so it's they old perth i don't think is broken in to the mainstream drinkers uh everyday kind of a bar or whatever right they're, they're trying to and that's great but they need to rely on us as the enthusiasts and our word of mouth to really push that for them and so they need to continue to appeal to us i think first before they before they try and pretend like they're a jack daniels on the shelf Right. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that you need to be like, if your marketing strategy is to get there, well, you got to kind of, you got to, you got to cater to the business that you know before you get into the business that you don't know. So the question is for us here on this podcast, we all, most of us probably have a bottle of this first old Perth, this release. How many of us now are going to go back and buy a second bottle 
with it with it just in there in our minds being the same as that first bottle versus how many of us would go back and buy that second bottle when we get an email and say old perth batch two is now out you know <laughs> I, I know for a fact it's probably four to you know one in that vote or can i be honest and this is not because it's not a bad whiskey because as we drink it it's good like it's it's drinkable it's got a lot of good characteristics to it i haven't even opened my first bottle yet i've been surviving off of uh off samples and stuff but it just like it just hasn't like stood out on the shelf enough for me to like hurry and open it and drink it and that that's not it's not an outlier or it's the, you know it's not unique that way there's a lot of bottles sitting there not being opened right so it's but it's yeah i don't know i think there's, there's probably it could have released in a way that got me a little more excited i guess uh, if we're doing confessions, um, I popped the cork for the first time to pour the samples for this episode of mine, too. And I do not own a bottle. <laughs> well, there you go. See? So, I mean, and if it had said batch one, I mean, look at the Highland Park cast strength. We all, well, not all, I should say, but uh, several of us wanted batch two. And it's because we now want to compare it and go back to compare it to batch one, right? So it was my feedback as a whiskey nerd was I would love to see it they didn't do it they want it to be more of a a regular sort of thing and i i mean sometimes i think as whiskey nerds we just acknowledge that but yeah which which highland park though we'll get into it more when we when we try it but they're they're kind of funny in the sense that they they said here's batch one here's batch two but they don't actually label it on the bottle it's on the box on the box it's on the box yeah it's yeah, on the i didn't see it on the bottle oops yeah. At least two on the box. I'll check the bottle. Is it on the bottle? I'm not sure. I didn't look incredibly hard, but... The other thing is there's a brand, an Irish brand that we love, and they did the same thing. Their first three batches of J.J. Corey the Gale. Okay, good. Okay. Um, I retract that statement. <laughs> so batches one to three of the Gale from J.J. Corey all had the batch number on it, and now they're up to batch six, but... They don't put the batch number on it anymore. Hmm. Now they say like the difference between the six batches that they've released. Most people can't tell if you put them side by side. They're able to do that with their portfolio and their stock that they have. They can make it pretty consistent anyways. But um, yeah, I, I found that interesting as well that they went away with the batch statement. But I mean, yeah. that, that's one of their core range that they're going to have forever. For so, sure, I, I they do a lot of limited releases surrounding that, and, and maybe yeah. that's that's just what Old Perth they're going to go for, right? So they've got the Carmore range that they want to be the enthusiasts and the collectors' whiskey. So they want a a mainstream product, and that's the Old Perth. Should we talk about what the whiskey's actually like? <laughs> yeah, I said it, I said it was good. Oh yeah, right. Okay, it's good. Yeah. Sherry, all right, let's move on. It's it's very like it's very typical sherry blend to me, honestly. Um, what's the ABV on this? This forty six. Forty six. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the I really love the nose on it, and I feel like the palate falls a little flat for me. Like it's good. But yeah. if I'm going off the nose, I and the finish is a little more. Finish is a little mute too. It's yeah. um, a little lacking. I find that the the cast, like the cast strength version of this, is 
but I like it much better. Yeah, I I haven't had it, but I would agree that is probably better. Yeah, I'll get you some. But yeah, Thank you. um, like you said, you just open that bottle too. I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> um, Hopefully, I'm gonna get an email from Dave. Who's yeah. Now that's that's typically after we have a after we record a podcast, I get an email from the agencies because they're mad. <laughs> no, they can't but... be mad about honest opinions. That's, I mean, I guess they could be, but they shouldn't be. Yeah, we're not being disrespectful. We're just no. giving opinion. And right. like to me, I don't know. Travis may know, maybe not, but it tastes like young. Like I'm thinking like five, six year old blend. That tastes young. Yeah. It's got a bit of that bite of the youth to it. I mean, it watch it be like a twenty-year-old blend. <laughs> it falls. It falls in that. I think it's what probably about sixty-five bucks on the shelf. Is that around? Yeah, um, that's about right. Yeah, it's it's well priced. Yeah, like this, so. This for me, not many of us have sort of whiskeys in that price range that we go to because we're nerds and we have. But if I was to tell someone that's new to whiskey and just wants a just a nice, easy drinking, something sharied, this to me is a step up from the last Old Perth original. Um, oh, yes. yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's a step up. There's more of a richness there. There's more, the sherry's more prominent. And is it a whiskey us enthusiasts are going to go to on a regular basis? No. But I would recommend this to people for what it is, just a nice, easy drinking I bet if you poured this at a festival with a, a whole bunch of maybe newbies, a lot of people would probably really like this one as opposed to even a cast strength, which would be too much for them, right? And like if someone well, brought this over and was like, hey, I brought this bottle, like let's crack it and have some, I would not be upset. No. no. You know, God, like, no. I'd be more than happy about that. And this is for what Morrison Distillers are doing. This is a great entry to what they're doing and brings people in at a great price point shows that it's quality and that quality can exist at a $65 blend. And then yeah. from there you can grab any of their other stuff. It's a game. I call these games night sippers because they're like when you, when you got friends over and your, your friends aren't over to drink whiskey, they're just over to whatever to hang out. You usually want a whiskey that you can drink that you don't won't fixate on, but it's delicious and you'll drink lots of it that night. That's exactly what it is. And it's like perfectly priced to be that. That's yeah. a really good explanation. We could do a whole episode on games night sippers. We could. Yeah, we could. While playing a board game on the podcast? We could play the still the board <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, the whiskey board when game. When is that coming out? Yeah. It's out. Is it delivered? Oh, I don't know. No. They oh. launched it, though. Oh, but, well, you seem like you were the all-knowing person behind the board game, and then you just retracted and said, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Did you buy one? <laughs> Uh, no, I did not yet. <laughs> but I know our episode got a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah like I know a bunch We're of our friends. Pretty much the only reason he's in business, right? Our friends, yeah. a bunch of our friends bought it, so I'm sure we could borrow one. I, I fully intend I, on getting one when it comes out. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just joking. But it was, um, no, that was actually a really cool podcast. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was way off center from the usual but yeah it was super cool yeah uh are we done with the old perth yeah Yeah, i want to just i'll just throw in one last comment about it is if we're comparing it to the orchard house and you're looking at price points orchard house is kind of like an eight-year-old blend 
all mostly bourbon casks. I'm guessing this is probably six to eight years, but all, all sherry cask. And you think about usually what sherry whiskeys versus bourbon whiskeys in terms of price points. I would say this is very well priced for what it is. Mm-hmm. And and this is not a biased opinion anymore. Um, I thought you were applying for a job there for a second. <laughs> well, it's mostly because Bearded Dave lives across the alley, and I don't want Dave. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I am enjoying this as it's getting lower in the glass is what I'm saying. It, it, it is an enjoyable whiskey. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not, I have not opened it because it's not good. I just have been surviving off. I think I've got eight sample bottles of this for some reason. <laughs> so that and the cast strength, but it's, um, yeah, it's enjoyable. We don't need bearded Dave sitting on your doorstep waiting for you to come outside to go to work. <laughs> well, let's name, let's go into a quick, uh, name your unicorn, uh, segment and just, uh, yeah, before we wrap up with the last review. Once upon a time, the world was filled with magical creatures. The noblest among them were the unicorns. Giddy up, giddy up, unicorn. Giddy up, unicorn. Giddy up, unicorn. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. Goodbye, unicorn. Sean, got a unicorn. One of the Sean's. Sean's together. You guys can get the same unicorn. Ride in different unicorns. Oh, I've got a bunch since we haven't recorded in a while, but I can reach for one that just got launched today. If I could just take a moment and just admire the way that you're just so relaxed in that corner. (laughs) Nobody puts baby in the corner. It looks like like you're gonna fall asleep while you're talking. (laughs) Ah, it's a very comfortable room in here. I aim to provide <laughs> comfort. <laughs> um, so yeah, I actually picked it up on my way here, and it is making a glorious return to the Alberta market, and it's Dunville's. So I've spoken before, and if you've followed me on Instagram, you know that the Dunville's brand and labels are near and dear to my heart. And when the 10-year-old got discontinued, I was very upset. And now, a couple years later, the 12-year-old has replaced it and come out. And today is the first day that it's been available. So that's going to be my unicorn because the 10-year-old is a unicorn and people still talk about it. So if the 12-year-old is as rare, becomes as rare as the 10-year-old, then it will definitely reach unicorn status. I think you've already... uh... Didn't you already declare this a unicorn on one of our first episodes? <laughs> Maybe the tenure was the unicorn. Yeah, the tenure. Oh, it was the tenure. That's right. Do you think this is, is it going to be a regular, um, like a regular release now? Like, is it going to continue to come to Canada or is it going to come and disappear again for a while? Do you know? Well, ever since it was released, the LCBO had it way too much money for it but they've had it and they've had it consistently i mean it comes and goes kind of sells out for a while and then comes back um as far as i know it's supposed to be a fairly regular release so we'll see but i hope so because it's a damn good whiskey i agree my my dad paid that ridiculous price from the lcbo and muled it all the way here for us to uh drink at my 40th birthday mm. so we cracked it um, the three of us cracked it together which was crazy yeah, i think i still have a heel i have a heel left 
They also drank it on the golf course that one night. Yeah, that's true. Um, is it, this is the same batch as the one that's here? I'm assuming. I don't know if it says batches on it, but... Yeah, interesting. Um, Sean McCalder, what, uh, what unicorn are you riding into the night? Um, so, this is an interesting bottle. It's from Dumanjin. Um, there must be an independent bottler. This is the only time I've ever seen it. But it is a uh, 12-year-old single malt from a mystery distillery on Orkney. Oh, I wonder what that is. And it's finished in a Ratafia Champagnon cask. Ooh. So um comes from... Can you, say that, can you say that with a thicker French accent, please, Sean? Um, a Ratafia Champagnon. Champagnon. Was that good? Yeah, sure, that works. And, uh, there's only, None of us are good at accents, I don't think. No, there's only 413 bottles of this, I think, or something like that. So anyways, I don't know. I think it's a cool bottle. I haven't cracked it yet. I don't really know what to do with it. Um, obviously, I'll have to crack it eventually, but hopefully with some human beings and not on the Internet. <clears throat> with the, uh, there's with a the... Highland Park uh, charity tasting that <laughs> could use a prize. I thought you had like 13 bottles for that already. I know. Not I'm just doing a small prizes. little taste. There's going to be 18 whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can do I, have can to. I, uh... Can I grind a malt quickly on Sean's tasting? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. Sean, your tasting has too many whiskeys. <laughs> that is my grinding of. Uh, were you at Irish Invasion too? Because we had 12 whiskeys at that. Yeah, but the thing is, is I'm not sure. I'm, I'm thinking maybe only 35 of those people remember being at that tasting. <laughs> that's 35 out of 55. With us hosting yeah. it, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Trav, what do you think? Dingus I... McGee, as it says on your Zoom. What's that? Dingus McGee, as it says on your Zoom name. Yeah, that's when I get laid into tastings. I like to change my name around a bit, and Dingus McGee <laughs> is what I end up being. Uh, the My unicorn is... Um, for a lot of people that know out there, my first ever cast purchase for a club was a secret Orkney. And actually, Sean, maybe that's an idea for a tasting with your secret Orkney is a secret Orkney tasting because Dranmore just released a secret Orkney. You have one. The Scotch club was a Orkney. And obviously we know most of those secret Orkneys are Highland park. Um, I've lost faith in Highland park over the years with a lot of their, um, viking stuff and their fancy bottles and the wood cases and the i just i i don't like paying for fancy packaging but uh highland park these last two cast strength releases i now have number one and number two and uh, i think we'll review them side by side here on an upcoming episode but for me this is what i want highland park to be i don't want all the fancy stuff i just want delicious highland park high proof and that's it. And um, that's going to be my unicorn. I think Highland Park Cast Drink Batch 1 uh, is a bottle that people will be talking about for a long time. Yeah, Sean, you could call it the, like, don't don't call me Highland Park tasting or something, <laughs> like, something like that. Um, the best is that the Douglas Lang release that I posted a couple weeks ago where it says probably orkney on it instead of secret orkney that's yeah. clever i like it um the unicorn i'm gonna go with is the uh rogers ben nevis six-year heavily peated one that came out 
a few months ago for us only because in the last like two or three weeks i've had more messages emails and requests from stores begging for more of that and it's just like it was one of those bottles that i've had to tell so many people like told you so like should have should have bought one when they were available kind of thing because like everyone's just freaking falling in love with that thing so um i've got messages from people asking where they can get it i'm like yeah if you time travel back six months you can get it (laughs) yeah exactly so it came and it went and it was success which is which is what we like to see um okay let's get into this last whiskey quick Maybe cool. maybe Sean Kincaid can introduce this one because he's. Yeah. I think, is he he drove one? all the way to Calgary for it, even though it was in Edmonton. <laughs> That's a commitment. It wasn't in Edmonton when I got it, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I did pick this up in Calgary. Um, it's Caden Heads Seven Star. So, little bit of backstory is they used to release a blend um, from Caden Heads, which they are an independent baller, so they have a stockpile of casks. And for whatever reason, they discontinued it and then decided to bring it back. So it, just like the old Perth, it's um, vatted. I believe this one is grain and malt. So it's a blended scotch. But they go into their warehouse and pick out some barrels and they marry them together in a sherry cask. And this one, yeah, I... I got it because it looks cool. The bottle is super retro. Looks like it's from the 70s. Uh, the branding's totally on point with that. And yeah, it was an interesting release. It was fairly cheap. Same price point, 65 70 bucks. And all I really ever found out about it is that it contains some portion of Ben Rennes. I would love to see more branding like this moving forward with it's awesome it's retro yeah less of the new age kind of stuff and more just like throw throw seven stars on the bottle that's it (laughs) that's all you got seven stars arranged neatly and that's it that's a seven star whiskey well when i read what it says on the website quick Okay, um, go for it. So it says Caden had seven stars is a historic blended scotch whiskey originally bottled many decades ago <clears throat> to demonstrate that this exquisite whiskey could be created by blending carefully selected casts from the vast array of stock we own in our warehouses. Our traditions and methods haven't changed, so we have resurrected seven stars using whiskey from distilleries all over Scotland. The blend is then finished in Oloroso sherry casks giving it a bolder balanced flavor so it's which you can get the oloroso you get a little bit of that sulfur almost burnt hair like quality off the nose i find but um it's good i don't know and it was how much the 70 dollars too right it's right in that price range yeah 65 70 bucks yeah. yeah you said there's grain there's grain in this too yep i think there is for sure yeah yeah it's a blended scotch whiskey which suggests that there's it's grain and malt and I would I would I would guess that this has a high percentage of malt. I'm not getting a ton of grain and the you know the mouthfeel of it, it just it to me it comes across as a as a malty blend, yeah. you know. I get a bit of that sharp, a little bit of that sharpness that you get in a grain maybe, but For a a full review, you can visit the uh, www.parkwhiskeysociety.com 
And there is a full review with full notes posted on there. Do you want to read us some of those notes live on the podcast, Sean? Because I haven't I haven't read that review yet because I want to dabble in it myself first. He just copied the notes off the website, so you can just go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that's how, that's that how we do reviews, right? Yeah. Bitting out so many reviews. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to pull it up and then, oh, there it is. Yeah, it's the branding's so cool, but it was so hard to f- photograph because it just made everything look super old and like sepia even though there was no filter or anything on it. Um, yeah, so obviously you get the sherry influence on the nose. A little bit musty, dusty style Oloroso. Um, I get five cent cola candies, those little cola yeah, bottle candies. Um, the fruits come out after nosing it for a bit. Obviously the figs and raisins. And then I found, I still find it today, like a little bit of funk. And I said on the notes on the website, Campbelltown Funk, like just a touch of it. And again, that could be the sulfur coming out. Um, It's not, you don't get a huge touch of smoke on it, but there's maybe heavy char. um, And then baking spices on the tail end of the nose. And then... I get a bit of ginger almost to it too, like some sort of ginger cookie or baking or something but yeah so the nose i said for a blend of grain and malt at a decent price point i said it punches above its weight on the nose it makes you want to dive in and then the palate comes through brighter right away than the nose shows and the grain i think shows right at the beginning and kind of bursts brightness at first and then it tames down and that's when the nutty side of the sherry comes out I found it fairly nutty when I first did it. A little bit of waxy heaviness comes, and then I said it turns almost into not a dank sherry bomb, but it has a little bit of that dankness in it, which I love. And then whether the green comes back, but the red delicious apples comes out at the end for me. And then, yeah, the finish, again, brightness kind of perks up when you swallow prickly a bit and then that nutty fruity oloroso just clings on soon to be sold at sean's new liquor store called dank city yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny there's a store called is it dank city is that the picture something like that yeah in vancouver that i'm in i'm totally going to get a picture there sure um okay let's wrap this puppy up i don't know like as, as far as parting words go which we like to do at the end of these podcasts um we're reviewing blends and we've all i think we all agree that blends need to get a little more attention and a little more appreciation out there are we getting an emergency alert yeah oh we are that's why the Prize. silence the emergency alert yeah it's a test alert for yes. Alberta. yeah this is only a test so like we they're we all got it at the same well, time it works yeah. that's good <laughs> you know what you know what Sean? Them know. don't edit that part out that's that you can't you can't predict that kind of stuff. No. No. But it's a good thing it's an actual emergency. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> um, terrible. On that note, uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. Thanks give so give blends a chance. Give blends a yeah, chance. Yeah, get out there and get Period. some blends in you. There's a song, there's a song written at one point, and it, it goes like, all we are saying is give blends a chance. And it was a famous song for a reason, you guys. It's because. Is it an actual song? 
Yeah, it goes. It, I don't want to sing it because I have a terrible singing voice. But sing it for us. All we are saying <laughs> is give friends a chance. Something like that. I don't know who wrote it, but uh, unknown, unknown uh, writer. <laughs> I tried to use my phone to pick out what song it was. It didn't recognize it. If he could sound like T Pain <laughs> and Travis had a baby, that'd be perfect. Okay, Before we on. end on the Keaton Hendo, that I really enjoyed this um, seven star. I, I I I think it's a little less sherried than the old Perth. Yeah, but I think it get it, it's got a it's almost a little bit fresher because of that. I think I re- yeah. I, re- I quite enjoyed it. It's a little more abrasive though. I think. You think so? Minus than the old Perth. I think the old Perth was a. I think it would, like just come this through. Blend, the... I think that would appeal to us more. And then vice versa with the old Perth. I think the old Perth is a little more drinkable, but maybe less, less of that like abrasion that we like in a whiskey. I think that might just be the grain showing through a little bit with that sherry influence. But yeah, I don't know. When I first cracked this, actually the store that I bought it at gave me a sample before I left. And that's when I knew that it was a winner. So I was very happy yeah. that I got one. And now they're available in more stores than just one in Calgary. Yeah, not just Dank City. All right, um, we're uh, <laughs> we're out. Uh, yeah, I don't got anything else else to say. Now I'm just stuttering because we just went backwards. We went we went to the end and then we went back to the review and now we're going back to the parting glass. I'm just gonna say, peace. <laughs> Our new producer uh, is just he's just like I don't know what he's the fuck. Holding his hair out right now, being like, you guys, we have to wrap this shit up. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, we Let's gotta go. go. It's one fifty nine. All right. All right. Okay. See you next time. Cheers, everyone.